You are listening to We Are What We Overcome. This episode was recorded remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic. If you would like, you can find this episode and others in video form on our Facebook page, We Are What We Overcome, the podcast. What you are about to hear are the ramblings and reflections of four ordinary people, drawing on their own personal and occasionally professional experiences. These conversations are unprepared, subjective, and should not be taken as medical advice or instruction. Anyone seeking help should always carry out their own research, or better yet, speak to a professional about their circumstance. All right, let's do this thing. Three, two. I, I can't do the three, two, one because I end up counting four fingers. It's hopeless. <laughs> All right. We are what we overcome on this occasion features musician Matt McGuinness, improviser Nick Tyler, media producer Neil Monroe, and psychotherapist Wes Evans. Hi, uh, welcome to We Are What We Overcome. Uh, we are here to talk about all sorts of things today. Uh, we're recording at the end of March from home. Uh, March 2021, I guess, will probably make sense from a uh, historical perspective when someone digs us out of the ruins of the UK and finds <laughs> us the only historical and social record of what took place in the 21st century in this <laughs> benighted island on the arsehole of Europe. Um, that, that puts so, a lot of pressure on this recording now. It does, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and I thought we should frame it in that way because we're talking about performance. So we should be talking about high stakes performative nonsense. Um, I, I, and, I felt like it undersold me a little bit, to be honest, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Matt will be the only man to survive the 21st century UK and he will be a living relic that combined with this recording will be the only record of the 21st century in the UK. Yeah, good. So those are the things. Yeah, well, the, um, we talked last time about performance and because we're all performers in some form or another. And we thought we'd continue it this week because it's kind of core to all of our identities and lives in lots of ways. Uh, and so we're going to indulge further and have a second episode talking about it. Um, but first, we shall uh, have a crack at our, our usual mental health check-in just to see how we are and encourage each other to talk about our feelings, much as we do for everyone else. Um, we'll go clockwise as usual. So Mr. Wes, who's awesomely frozen. Hello. Yeah. Um, not, I'm, I'm frozen. No, not oh, now. really? No. That's frustrating. Okay. You're okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, it's been a, 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 a difficult couple of weeks for one reason or another, but I feel like I've had some space and the dust has settled a little bit and I'm kind of refocusing. So I, I guess that's where I'm at at the minute. I'm in a bit of regroup and refocus kind of mode. Um, been off work for a week or so as well. So um, getting stuck back into that, which is always the balance of trying to get stuck back in, but also um, it not be kind of, ah, I've got all this stuff to do. Um, but yeah. Broadly speaking, I'm all right. I'm on a level. It's uh, been looking forward to checking in with you guys today and having a chat. What about you, Neil? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad. Um, uh, over the last few weeks, because uh, for everyone at home, I didn't get a chance to chat to these guys when we normally have like a, a between recordings chat the other week because I was um, doing some work. I've had some uh, nice fun time. I'm helping a friend with their laptop at the moment, which is taking way longer than I expected, as it's 
I basically put a question into a Windows forum and people have looked at it. No one's given me any suggestions. So I'm about to have to look at like wiping the machine again, stroke reinstalling it and stuff. Been doing some editing work for a show that's streaming next week, which I will talk about in a bit as well, uh, mm-hmm. which I've really enjoyed doing. Um, yeah, done a bit of reading. Uh, I'm, I'm in a relatively good place at the moment. So yeah, yeah, I'm good. How about yourself, Matt? Uh, okay, I've been actually organising actual things that might actually happen in the outside world, uh, but we'll see. Um, and then I had the same thing that of, of feeling of never learning, so I've been, I had this time scale for a piece of work that needed to be in or wanted to be in by Wednesday, and I felt terrible all the way leading up to it. Uh, I'm wondering what that was about not connecting the two things and then surprisingly the day after i felt really good like i'd actually <laughs> done something and that, so i'm still not sure those two things are connected um <laughs> that's sarcasm by the way for anyone who isn't that they were clearly were connected um, and i look forward to the next time that i'm stressed out to realize that the reason why i'm stressed out there we go that sounds like good learning, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> very good. Uh, I, I am all right. We've finally had sunshine, which has pleased me. So I've had a full day working outside, and my cycle rides in the morning have not just been into a grey gloom of nothing. Um, and that that's made uh, more difference than one might expect. Uh, I've really liked that. Well, I'm quite sure, otherwise I'm pretty. I'm very busy. Um, I had a good, a, a useful experience that I can that we can talk about later. Uh, about reflecting on performance, which was very handy in advance of this. Uh, so I am all right. Uh, quite happy. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, it sounds like we're not entirely broken at the moment. That's good. Um, fractured, perhaps, but not broken, um, as I think all people are slightly broken, in my view. Um, but no one really knows what a whole person looks like, so screw it. It doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm into babbling. I've had coffee, and my apologies. Uh, it does have a direct and immediate impact on the interface between my brain and mouth. <laughs> so, shall we talk about performance? Um, last week, we talked about kind of the fact that we all do perform, and that it's quite important to us all, and there's clearly something in us that makes us want to perform. And we talked a bit about how weird it is not having performed for a year in any proper way. Um, other than online and a few hideous experiences <laughs> just to a camera, which uh, didn't work very well for us. But we thought we'd talk a bit more about like the psychological impact of, of performance and what, what it feels like, I guess, insiders uh, to perform and to do the things related to performance. Uh, I've got a long list of stuff, but that feels like a weird way to go. Um, anything anyone wants to hit on first about performance? Anything leaped straight to mind? I... I um... Going through this piece of work I've been doing. Well, we talked about this before. Sort of, go on, Wesley. Um, no, you got that, there seems to be a delay when I uh, when I'm talking. So you you carry on. You go ahead. So, yeah. So, so uh, I think this whole work I've been and um, being project I've been working on has sort of made me has forced me to look back at previous performances. And it's funny how you forget what they were actually like when you did them, and also as well what it was about them that you really enjoyed and. Uh, when I was thinking about one show that we did, um, in fact, I think Nick was at it, in, in Belper we did a show, and uh, nice to see a cat in the background, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I remember that there was two ladies that came up to me and had a chat afterwards about uh, mental health and how it affected them and their family and such like. And I know at the time it, it was quite a stressful conversation, to say the least. 
but actually it's it's uh i mean fond memory is not the right phrase at all or the correct phrase but it's certainly one i look back at i'm really glad uh you know of that performance for that reason it, and it wasn't necessarily about me performing it was the i guess it was the interaction who would have thought it's the interaction with other human beings about things that actually matter crikey things do develop in our world don't they Sounds impossible. I mean, that, that, I, I guess that makes a lot of sense. You know, your show that we are what we overcome live, I guess, talking music show from which this podcast has spawned, is is very much about directly impacting an audience. You know, we talked about you know the purpose of plays and drama were to provoke an, a, a response in the audience to feel uh, comedy, tragedy, happiness, sadness. You know, to, as a way of provoking those feelings in someone. And I guess your show does that very directly. And that's that's very gratifying that it, it can achieve that. Yeah, we're often literally just looking for laughs. Um, <laughs> doing improv. Um, I, we, we all, I think we've said before, lots of our shows. Yeah, we, we want we want some kind of emotional response. Laughter is like the ideal one, but if it makes you cry because it's so horrible and awful, that's also an emotional response. And I guess we've succeeded um, if we have people in tears too. <laughs> that, but it seems like a good point. Yeah, being a bit. With the improv shows, when I've been to yours is that they actually give you a time out of all this sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, you, I, and I felt myself when I was there completely forgetting about everything else. It, it's almost okay. like the complete opposite of, the, of my show, isn't it? You know, uh, and, and, mm. and, and it was ace. I mean, it was just, you know, um, it was great. And, and, and I did have an hour or, or so. Nothing else outside that room was, was in my head at that point. It was just this chaos and, and frightening experience of uh, having to <laughs> jump on stage. That's quite good. Yeah, the brain frazzling aspect of it is quite good. Oh, my God. I'm already seeing many routes that we can go down. Should we, should, should we stick to like the, the, the fact do. that we can affect people through our performance for a moment? Because I think that was... Yeah. Wes, did you have something you wanted to add to on that? Well, <clears throat> you mentioned the word gratification. Um mm. And then, and Matt, you, what you were talking about was about connection, I suppose. And <clears throat> without wanting to steer it onto another topic, because Nick, I think you're right, it's an interesting point to stay on. Um, I'm just thinking about not just that we're trying to create something for the audience, but that often it, what, what we're bringing to that, you know. So like, if I think about, ultimately, if I have to make it really basic, what was my motivation for being interested in any kind of performing? It was probably, in the beginning at least, for me to feel something for myself, to be gratified, or, or maybe also to, to, to connect with people um, as a way, a, a, almost like social lubrication or something. I, I, I think that that's how it started. I think, basically, I was um, a, a young lad and a bit of an attention seeker and, and, and doing things and performing was a way to kind of put it out there, but then get something back. But What's now this? I suppose I would see that as it's connection as well, isn't it? Seeking connection. <clears throat> was this with your magic or with uh, music? Was it both? Surely this is just throwing tipex across the classroom, isn't that what you're talking about, Wes? Yeah, well, I, I suppose in the first instance, it was more like to be the clown, to be entertaining, but then, yeah, that's probably what pulled me towards the magic side of things, Neil. Funnily enough, m much later on, getting interested in the music side of things, that, that was probably more difficult because it was more authentic and real, and I probably felt mm. more exposed and vulnerable. 
but I, I kind of stuck with it and I, it's probably fair to say that I went through a little bit of uh, growth and learning and now and now performance is different for me it's it's some of that stuff but it's more as well and so the magic and the music performance are similar because I bring myself more to both of them but in the beginning it was all about well hey look at me and react <laughs> uh, whereas now now it's different but yeah initially magic I suppose but and music came later that's intriguing. Um, there's certainly something about wanting attention uh, that comes with it, even if it's not, even if, even if that's not your main driver of like, look at me. There's something about being recognised and noticed, even if it's not about you know being necessarily appreciated. Yeah, there, I think uh, that's a that's a natural drive. I'm well, doing you are a thing. Literally putting yourself in the spotlight. Mm. But I was thinking about it, you know from your yeah. um, your clowning in class, like or being a dick, as as we might have thought about it. <laughs> um, you know, th th there's something there about I, I, I want to stand out. I want, I want in some way to stand out from this crowd of faceless, uniformed children, and be a little bit different. I think, and I think that's reasonable. And um, you know, laughed about people who um, get involved in a certain culture and dress exactly the same. I want to be I want to be unique in exactly the same way as everybody else. Um, which is, you know, part of being part of a community. You know, that's that you associate your identity with this group of people who are unique as a group, but perhaps not individually. And performance is often about going that step further and being trying to be unique even within a community. I don't know. Interesting. What about you, Neil? You're awful what, quiet what, in the corner. What of, what of that? What you've just said relates to your experience, Nick. Oh well, this isn't about me. Um, no. uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I think I think there is something about that. I don't feel that that's. Hmm. I feel like performance felt natural as an activity, and I'm not sure it felt to me like being the person that stood out. Most of the things that I've been involved in performance, where it, whether it was at school <clears throat> for school plays, I was. I guess I was technically able to take part because I can be loud and I can stand up in front of people. But I, I genuinely think it was more about wanting to spend time with people. I mentioned earlier that there was, uh, I did something this week that made me think about this a lot. There's an oral history project going on for uh, our improv company, Miss Imp, because uh, we hit 20 years a couple of years ago. And so one of our guys got an Arts Council grant to do an oral history. So I recorded the second part of my interview for it on Tuesday. Uh, it was really weird, very disturbing. Because looking at over twenty years, I don't really think about because I, I live kind of in the moment. I was like, oh, "Do you remember when this happened?" Nope. Um, <laughs> when did these things happen in relation to each other? Don't know. Uh, very, very unhelpful from the point of view of oral history, uh, as you can imagine. Um, but it kept coming back to you know, why do you do this? Why is it always you do these things? So I wanted a bunch of people to hang out with on a Thursday, fundamentally, and that's remained true. I like doing performance improv because it means that I spend time with other people doing kind of a, not so much a purposeful but a focused activity that brings us together I like the ensemble nature of improv that you're doing it as a group and creating something together it's less about standing there and being recognized as me a bit more if I'm hosting but even if I'm hosting the purpose of hosting is to go here's a great bunch of people doing great things not me look at these people so yeah I think it's, it's less about nice. being it's funny how you say that, Nick, but actually you stand out a mile, you know. It's <laughs> because i got a fancy moustache. Well, no, I mean, you know, your presence in those, I mean, let's not go too far, but your presence in those. No, no, more compliments are fine. It, it, uh, is overwhelming and it, it, it would be, it seems like a coincidence that you're that, you are very, very good at it. And, and it just so happened, I think it's, it must be more than wanting to spend some time with some people because, uh, 
otherwise it's a really big coincidence because you you know you are phenomenally good at the job aren't you you know it's not well, like I guess, yeah. that, 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 well, I, I guess i wouldn't have kept doing it if i wasn't okay at it but i don't think i don't think I do think it's more that I find it a way to, to make friends and to have a social group and to do a thing as a group more than it is to go, hello, look at me. Otherwise, if I was doing that, I'd be a poet or a, or, or, or a, or a singer-songwriter um, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. At least think about that more, it's but not, I've been thinking about that a lot this people week. People talk about um, performances or performance of some kind or having a thing that I do or whatever as being a tool to connect to other people, is it? I mean, that's that's true. That seems a pretty universal idea from all other different performers I've spoken to. So I get that. And I do think mm. as much as it was look at me and hey, here I am, I also think learning how to do this thing or being good at this thing or being entertaining, I think did help me connect with people. But I also wanted to connect with people. I also enjoyed mm. it. So I, I get what you're saying there. So it sounds like you're saying connection was the biggest part for you, Nick. Yes, I think that's true. Quite a lot of people who are quite shy and introverted as kids or as teenagers, you know, it, it's it's a performance as a way to to be freed up to express yourself in a way that you wouldn't normally feel able to because you'd be very shy and, and afraid of it, but you're given permission and given a role, and that works quite well. What about you, Neil? What do you think? So... Um... One of the things uh, that I definitely, uh, and we touched on it last time, we've definitely talked about this time, is obviously a, a chunk of it is wanting, as we've said, like connection, stroke, um, essentially a reaction to what we're doing as well, I think, is potential part of it. So uh, we, we've said it like we can have various emotional reactions. It can be comedy. It can be maybe making someone think about something and suddenly react in a different way or start viewing things in different ways, depending on what your performance is and what you're trying to do. Uh, improv is an interesting one because, of course, uh, you can have even comedy improv shows that might have some strong, uh, deep emotional things that might be very serious and grounded, but then uh, those comedy shows could then obviously completely fine switch to a very surreal moment that breaks the ice but hasn't diminished anything that has come before and obviously you can get that with music and other play and plays and stuff um i mentioned uh i filmed uh something the other week and basically it is a musical uh called edges uh that's being streamed um on wednesday the 31st of march and uh what we did was we filmed the performers in the stage setting with the band playing and stuff like that. And I had three cameras recording and then I'm basically, I've edited together that footage. So it's a curious one because it's a theatre uh, performance, but obviously you can't have people go to theatres at the moment. Mm -hmm. So the way people have to engage with it are going to watch it. What I end up doing then as an editor means I'm now adding my own personal expression on their performances because I'm choosing what angle to cut to. Mm -hmm. Uh, this point where um, I'm doing zoom ins or zoom outs to uh, emphasize emotional impacts for an audience, but also trying to go, what would I potentially be doing if I was watching it live? I'm mm -hmm. trying to think myself how I would engage with it and how I was engaging with it in the room. And at the same time, I'm then essentially producing something that when it gets broadcast, ultimately, I'm, I've really enjoyed it. I, I want people to enjoy it as well and hope that they will mm. and because the, the the musical is essentially about 
characters going through life and their 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 worldview changing and emotions about it. It's this interesting thing that obviously in a stage performance area you might you'll have maybe an atmosphere in the room whereas this time we didn't have that apart from me and the other tech guys who had not seen the show before beyond the tech rehearsal and such Mm. we were recording it then there we were setting lights recording the audio and then producing it for an audience to consume in a different way and it's it's something that I found when filming live performances as well, it can be a weird one because uh, a friend of mine who's a dancer, they pointed out to me that one problem they get with things that are dance performances that are broadcast is sometimes when people filming it are thinking of it in the way you film drama or something and you focus on their mm-hmm. faces, meaning you don't actually see them dancing. And mm-hmm. it's this sort of thing where a performance, especially as people who we go and see a dance, they'd be seeing it so they could see the body. And it's how you present that in a way that people can engage with and still have those emotional reactions. But you can still maybe do it in a way that furthers that. Does it in a different way. It's never going to be the same as a live performance, Mm -hmm. but it will still get those reactions. And I I think that's... It's a very different thing from what I was talking about before, but the whole thing of any emotional reaction is what you're expecting from it and stuff as well. And I like that. Going back to what we were talking about, you know, actual live performance and how individuals are individually. I, I always remember that that advice. One of my favourite bits of advice, and I generally can't remember who it was from, was from from a missing um, like a development weekend, wasn't it, or a training weekend? Mm. And uh, it might have been Marilyn actually. And um, I was nervous and had that sort of stage fright feel. And, she, and I, I think it was her. She just said, "Just, just jump up as soon as they asked for a volunteer." jump up and get in it um and then you're not spending the next 10 minutes thinking should i get up on this one should i get up on this one and, and actually as a performance thing not just for improvisation that's a great bit of advice you know if you're at the side of stage mm-hmm. of a, a, a the side of a stage uh just get on the stage stop standing around and, and get on the stage it's only going to get worse that's true <laughs> absolutely yeah Wes, what did you i saw your hand up creeping up at the screen yeah, I think that's probably a good way to go because my audio is delayed. So if I start talking when I think there's a gap, I think it just someone else carries on talking and it clashes. So it might, might be the good way to do it. But I think Matt, what you're just saying is 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 a good one there because it's it's um, that gets us onto the anxiety and performance stuff related to it. But maybe before that, Neil, you, what you were talking about, and then you said the word as I was thinking it was expression. I think that's that's a that's a um, a central thing isn't it so I think that where my mind went off when we talk about expression is either that we're trying to say something or put something across yeah so we have something to say which is one thing but then also this idea that expression in of itself can be kind of therapeutic or cathartic and so that perhaps sometimes I'm trying to say something or I'm trying to work through something through the medium of creating the performance or whatever and then maybe the performance is just showing that journey to someone else, isn't it? But I just thought expression was a central word there. I'm, 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 I'm sure from conversations I've had and from reflecting on myself at different times, expression is relevant. Either that we're trying to say something to someone, 
to convey a certain message and whatever else. And I thought your point about an editor having their stamp on it means that it's coming from a different perspective, so that's interesting, etc. But also that just the, I mean, I'm a psychotherapist as well. Uh, and so when I think about expression, I think about how we need to express things to work through things. And I think that that can be very relevant in performance, can't it? It was, um, yeah. I, I like, I, I like, I like both of those things. <clears throat> this is about what what uh, Neil was saying. You're like the avatar of the audience in that example, because it, when you're performing, you don't know what the audience is looking at, and we know that when we watch a, a play or a, or, a, or a music performance, what are those called gigs. That's it. Um, you know, your eye is probably mostly on, on the singer or whatever, but you know, you'll watch the guitarist when they're doing whatever it is the guitarists do. Um, and the drummers and stuff, yeah. Like yeah the, the, the guitaring, I think, is the verb. Um, and but you, but, but your focus does move, um, and it, it gives it different emphasis. I certainly take your point about filming dancers badly. Same is true for a lot of action scenes. What you want to see is people connecting and kicking, not their faces going, ooh, ah, and just turning. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like a badly filmed action scene. Um, and there, and actually... that aspect of expression is important. There's something that I have actually just remembered that I was thinking about the other day. Um, so uh, one of my favourite TV shows is Taskmaster, and I've been to a few of the live recordings. Hmm. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what the show is, so basically they, they film a few tasks, but at the end of the show they do a live stage performance where they basically give them a task and they've got to do something. And the first recording I went to, uh, they were essentially given a task where they go, you have to get juice from uh, a, an item of fruit with an implement. And um, in this one, there was um, Noel Fielding who chose grapes and tweezers. And the, the edited recording of that episode couldn't get what I was able to get in the audience because I was able to, whilst watching at the other end, I think it was Hugh Dennis, took a pineapple and literally smashed it on the floor, spraying the pineapple all over the place, which was hilarious, to then I could quickly dart my eyes to the other side of the stage when Earl Fielding was just tweezing grapes in a cup. And oh. it was like this this contrast, like, I, I don't blame, like, the editors were not able to capture something like that because it's like, to get that energy, and because, of course, I'm in the audience, I can get a different perspective as to how my vision works as to what comes on camera, is going to be so hard. And I'm also, it, it's an awkward thing to try and bring that avatar. As, I, I like the description, the idea of the avatar of the audience, because it's the only thing you can do. You've got to go, how do you present the energy that might be coming from a room of a performance to a, a person watching at home and such? I, and I, it, I must is... admit, but I immediately go, split screen would have solved that problem. Yeah, potentially. Um, duh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's about how you can record a thing better, um, <laughs> which is also good. I, I think. I think. I think the expression angle is is interesting. I, I feel like music and poetry and stuff are very much about direct self-expression of, of of a personal idea or a personal feeling. But I think the expression of having an opportunity to just be yourself or an altered version of yourself is important. That's why I like in improv. I'm not like I've got a I've got a personal feeling that I need to express through the scene. Because as it happens I'm a mouse on a spaceship or whatever. And that's not really going to happen. But what it is 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 an opportunity to um to unload, I guess. Um and it's it's handy because it's a way to just talk nonsense for twenty minutes in a way that there aren't really that many venues for elsewhere. I don't know how that I don't know how similar that is for other forms of performance, but there's an aspect there, and that, but the, the aspect of self-expression is is the giving yourself freedom to do so in a way that 
seems to be important to be associated with an audience and other people in a way that writing uh, and some other more solitary tasks don't seem to require that audience interaction. I don't know what's different. I see your hand, Wes. Mr. Wes, I see you with a hand up. I don't yeah, know if you drifted. I was, mm. I was just thinking how oh, this is probably a good connector to the topic that, that Matt raised. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking and I'm hoping it's going to catch up. This must be a big delay. But on that, um, on that expression thing, I think that takes us into what Matt was talking about because for me it started out, look at me, look what I can do and it's a way to connect and feel validated. But, but then later, and especially when maybe I got into more of the music stuff as well, I had to bring the real me to it. And mm -hmm. so there's something about authenticity. And so you're forced to express who you are and and way and, and and that's that's vulnerable and potentially scary but for me it was a lot of figuring out who i was so there was a lot of growth and i guess it's that vulnerability and that scariness that maybe relates to some of the stage anxiety stuff which is what you start to touch upon there matt because you're in you're in an exposed position aren't you um whether that's a good lead in to talk about that side of it uh, unless other people have other to say about other things. Yeah, I am. Um, struck me there's, there's a relationship. I, I think I was uh, in terms of performance. I I, uh, I do feel like I performed in a different way up till about three years ago, and, and I feel a, a much better performer now through through advice from lots of friends and Nick being one of them, and a number of other people. And and, and mo it mostly comes down to just being comfortable with yourself and performing naturally. So now when I go on stage and I go off from one about uh, something, going to go off to the next thing, and, and before I know it, I'm like, you know, over here. Uh, I just tell people that's that's what I'm like. What did you expect to hear? <laughs> you know, and rather than trying to cover it up or something, it's just I just let it happen, and it feels much more comfortable because of that. Um, yeah, I remember us talking about that, like not being apologetic for your performance, making mistakes yeah. and, 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 and incorporate mistakes rather than mistakes are um, features, not bugs. Yeah. Um, you can't avoid them, so you may as well use them. But I, I am interested in the, sta in the stage fright, like the anxiety about before a performance, because I, I used to get that intensely with um, improv, much more so with um, uh, any kind of scripted play. Hated that. Um, but, but precisely because it can go wrong. Um, and I think there's an aspect of well, if you if I'm if I'm showing myself off on stage uh, and being myself in in sort of Wes's terms rather than or expressing some aspect of my personality, what if people hate that? What if they think it really sucks? What if they don't laugh? What if they throw stuff? Um, you know, what if it? What if I'm just silent and can't do anything? That's a horrible feeling. And I think that's where a lot of that stage for anxiety came from for me. Um, and what killed it for me was. Uh, partly becoming confident in what I did and also recognizing that I don't, I'm not responsible for the audience. I can't take responsibility for the audience's response. I can do things that, that, that might encourage them. I can, yeah, I can do all, I can do all my stuff right. And yet the, the room might be empty and there's nothing I can do about that. Um, so it's, I, know, I guess looking internally for confidence rather than externally for confidence uh, it helped me. Mr. Wes, I'm fascinated by how long this lag is. It's, it's really amusing me. And I think there's probably no coincidence then why there's, there's quite a lot of material out there. Yeah, and I, I, that's how big the lag is because that's when you've just mentioned the lag. Um, it's no coincidence that there's a lot of material out there about kind of mindset and kind of mastering your mindset and um, 
and controlling unhelpful thinking and all that kind of stuff, just to bring it back to the therapeutic angle as I would. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think I'll probably say not much more than this because this lag is massive. <laughs> um, one one thing related to audience reaction that I think that because again, like I, I I've had uh, elements of stage anxiety. I don't think as much as I think some of you guys have sometimes described. Uh, but I have had it. Um, but the other thing that I that I think is interesting that obviously the audience certainly I've found can also energize you in a way that you can't get in other ways so for instance obviously you can do rehearsals but when there's actually an audience there you might spur on it may not be a conscious thing um and and um something so when i was doing this recording the other week for edges one thing that we did towards the end of the day was on the final take of the last song and thing and then we went back and recorded some other ones one of the performers um uh, set up his phone at the back of the hall behind where the tech people were, where we were, and went on TikTok Live. So they essentially were performing to a live audience. Mm -hmm. And they went back... Uh, so after they did the, what, this take, they went and looked, and they saw there was a load of reactions of people sort of obviously loving this and just found it by chance. There was someone that was watching it from Singapore and stuff. And... Um, Everyone had warmed up by this point. Obviously, it was the end of the show recording, and now we're about to do some retakes of someone we'd already performed. And the energy level jumped. All the performers began to like. It wasn't just that we were warmed up. It was like I, I'm, I may be wrong, but I feel that the fact that there was now people watching that they could go and look and see what the responses were afterwards really helped really helped push what they did and all those last takes were definitely the best takes they did of those songs and yeah like just the the, the positive reinforcement even if not quite the same as you would have with a live audience still made a difference as well i think that makes sense we, we say found that for improv though um even if you're rehearsing you need to have slightly more people in your rehearsal than you have on stage at any one time. So at least there's one person smirking at you. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's very useful. Hey, I, partly, partly it's encouragement because it means, oh, what we're doing doesn't suck too bad. But there's, uh, there's an aspect of leading each other on as well and the playfulness that comes out of that um, once you get an idea and then start to chase it, which is encouraged by an audience of some kind. I certainly felt that. doesn't really matter who it is. I'm going to be quite interested to see where we are when we do when we've got some shows booked in September. You know, of this whole stage fright. It'd be interesting to see where the audience are in terms of stage fright. You know, whether there's this whole vibe in the room of like, uh, don't speak too much and don't open your mouth <laughs> in case some molecules come out or something. Or you know, or, yeah. I, I do think there might be. I mean, whether it'll break down after five minutes and it'll be fine like it never happened or whether it will linger. I think it will break down almost immediately. I think people are so desperate to get back to the normal that no matter what our concerns about health and safety might be, they'll just fall away. Um, Some, something that I think Matt mentioned earlier that uh, comes to my mind, I think it's, it all obviously varies on audience, audiences to what its makeup is, but I think uh, you mentioned how obviously sometimes when going to see, uh, say, one missing improv shows that, it's done what you wanted it to do, which is it's taken you away from what you would have been thinking otherwise and uh, having been anxious about beforehand. You were able to go into something that was very different and that took your mind off everything that may have been bothering you in day-to-day -day life. I think 
that will probably happen with some performances for many people because again yeah. it is it's again a communal situation where you're able to get that feedback from people even the people just uh sat near you as well because it's a shared experience especially if it's potentially comedy or a, an emotional driving experience designed to make someone uh cry or something like that the mm. shared element is something that makes it more cathartic as well potentially. oh you maybe think of something that i think wes will like very much um going and seeing a performance uh, and it relates to what Matt's saying about like losing yourself, but you're not just losing yourself. You're put, you're putting yourself in the minds of someone else for a period of time. Like if for a play, you put yourself in the mind of the playwright. Uh, you're seeing the world through their eyes for a little while. Um, so seeing a live performance is uh, is a, an activity strongly with empathy. Um, if you don't get a show, then it's either because they didn't express it very well, or you're not capable of empathising with that state. I've certainly seen players are like, well, what the f- was that about it made no sense to me that's because i couldn't grasp the mind behind it in a way that was useful enough to to, to follow to follow the show and see why i was even watching it just curious if anyone else has any thoughts on that idea no uh, that is also <laughs> i know we are i know i am too <laughs> mostly because i think you'll like that idea yeah, we'll see come on, Wes. In, in in five seconds, say something and just interrupt me, so you know for a fact you can. You know, there's someone speaking, and you can just dive straight in. There you go. <laughs> nope, that was from about two minutes before, Matt. Um... <laughs> I've started putting things on Messenger because I think that's oh, easier. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ha- I have seen some so uh, like uh, yeah, Wes sent some things over. Uh, and I th- I agree with it and stuff. Shall I read it out, guys, and stuff? Yeah, that would probably be better than I just saying you agree with something without telling us what it is. Mm. <laughs> so uh, where, where's basically messages going? Sounds like we're saying that expression may be central to all performance, i.e. writing, creative performance, but that live performance has to be something about feedback too, which I, I, I think makes a lot of sense. Cry, can you feel it that much better than Wes, Neil? You know, you should talk for him all the time. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so it is about performance, isn't it? You know, there's a writer and then there's the performer, and the two things aren't necessarily the same. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's true, but it reminds me of something else that we, we haven't talked about either, we talked about briefly, which is post-performance crash. Yeah. Um, like, you know, you have all that build-up to performance, whatever, whether it's stage five, it's just excitement. I can't tell if it's been worrying and excitement anymore, which is not ideal. Um, but, you know, you, and you have the show, and then afterwards you're like, and now? And now what do I do with all these feelings? I was excited for two hours or whatever. Um, ideally, you go to the... to end on, funnily enough. Yeah. It probably, it probably is. Um, oh, you're, you've caught up. Amazing. Um you know, and and ideally, like for a gig, you go out and have some drinks afterwards, and you get to kind of burn away the the lingering uh, emotional highs and lows, and you kind of even out over like a couple of hours of chatting and talking nonsense or whatever. But shows where you do it, and then get in your van and just drive away, or with <laughs> online stuff, you just turn the camera off, and then you're alone. Um, that's that's really rough, and I've certainly had post performance crash. It's less of the days. Because it was so much work building up to it, and then you just and then maybe overanalyze everything that you did. Yes, that too. Like, oh, I could have said this thing that would be really funny, and instead I just feel awful for like several days looking for that. I guess that that high of 
performance opportunity again. It's grim. I don't like that we, part at all. We probably need to wrap this up, especially if uh, Wes is five minutes behind us. We're going to be five minutes over. <laughs> we're not. That's true. And that'll be really funny because we'll, we'll end it and then he'll have a really pertinent thing to say in about 11 minutes' time. <laughs> um, he won't know that we've ended it. That's awesome. Um, so that, that, that is a good point. All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll let, us, let us wrap up then. If, everyone, if everyone's got any final thoughts on performance and what it does for them and, and how they feel, maybe a little bit about how they feel afterwards because I mostly said something there. And then uh, some form of summary statement. I'm loving where he's just laughing in the background as he's catching up. I um, I, I don't really get that sort of after show thing. I, I don't. Mm. Uh, I must be very fortunate that it just. I, I just feel knackered after his talks. I'm in need of a drink. But the other mm. thing as well, I suppose the good thing about the show that I do is that I, I, it gets to carry on afterwards in the bar and chat with people mm. as well. You know, which is the same thing as it. Nick was talking about, so maybe that's the gentle come down for me, and, and, that, and that's probably why it doesn't happen. But I can't tell you, and this is my last. How much I'm looking forward to performing? It's just beyond words. It doesn't even seem real. Mm. What about you, Nick? For, for for me, um, one of the things that um, like uh, post post show crash i've never had anything severe but i have at times sometimes had that thing of going i've got loads of energy and there's not much else to do mm. and such um but i think uh, thinking about it not necessarily a conscious thing but i've over the years dealt with that energy dispersal in a different way and i think it's something that i end up doing that helps so in, nick as you said sometimes i'll show you you go and sit around with some friends somewhere and chat and stuff like that and that can help so especially if you're buzzing off that you can get get that energy out and talk about it there um i think the only experiences i've had where maybe i've had that energy and felt unlimited in what to do would be when i've been running role play sessions and something's gone really well we've all enjoyed it and either we've ended the that story or something like that and it's like oh okay but something i've done over the last few years is that energy i will transfer into going i'm going to go and enjoy something else now i'm mm. gonna like uh so for instance it i found the energy dampens down if i need to go and eat that because if i need to go and eat mm. i go and like potentially socialize with that food or eat and stuff like that but also uh potentially i watch something or listen to something where my energy feeds into that enjoyment as well that's just for mm. me personally and stuff but but yeah um what about you for me, um, yeah, I'm very keen to get back to seeing people again um, for performance, not for, like, general world. Screw that. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to being able to just mess around with people um, in the real. Uh, I think that's different. I think that's what, I'm, that's what I'm missing. I'm not missing human contact. I'm not missing performance specifically. I'm missing the, the social experience of performing with a group of people. Um, that's the bit I want back. That'll be, that'll be good. Uh, and I need to find an, a way to deal with post-performance crash that isn't just whiskey. Um, everything is, too, I'm too hyper. Uh, I, want, I want to see if Wes has something to say. Um, Final word to Wes. Yeah, we can always trim out. We can always trim the 10-minute gap out later. <laughs> this better be good, seeing as you've probably been waiting for it for a long time. Um, but the way I've summed up this conversation in my head and what I'm taking away from it is the vulnerability and growth kind of thing of it right so i think there has to be vulnerability there must be vulnerability in all performance in one way or another 
either because I'm trying to do something and it could go wrong at that very simple level, or because I'm bringing myself to it and it's authentic and it's real and that's scary, um, and or or I'm picking myself apart afterwards. So I don't know. It's a very kind of personal thing, isn't it? Um, but it's all. I think the reason performance is often likened to therapy is because you go through a change as a result of it, don't you? There's a reflection, there's a change. Um, I think that's a pretty interesting thing and something I've come to need to sustain me. So I'm looking forward to getting back to it because it keeps me on a level somehow. That's pretty good. That's a good summary. Um, <laughs> that's a 10 second lag word. So that's, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, uh, I, it strikes me we probably have more that we can say about performance. What we haven't talked about is how performance has changed us as people, what we've learned from it, and how we've grown as people from doing performance, how that's affected other parts of our lives and the way that we think and feel. Maybe we can pick up that another time. Otherwise, however, we will um, uh, we'll be back in some weeks uh, talking about something similar. If you've enjoyed this, we'd be really interested in your feedback. If you haven't enjoyed it, we'd be also interested in your feedback, but only slightly less. Um, so if you'd like to comment on this on Facebook or elsewhere, we've got email with us and stuff, that would be cool. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, until then, uh, look after yourselves uh, and each other. See you all soon. Hi. Shall we wait for Wes to say goodbye? I do want to wait for us to say goodbye. I think it's really funny. We can always exit LA, but I'm, I'm hugely <laughs> amused by this game itself. <laughs> So when Wes puts his hand up, we should all stick our hand up as well. <laughs> <laughs> right, that'll do. <laughs> if you've been affected by anything that we've talked about tonight, that's cool. We were kind of hoping you would be. If you haven't been affected by anything tonight, then that's great too. You're probably fine. Of course, if you say you're fine, there's a good chance you aren't. So you might also have been affected. And if you've been affected before, you probably will be again. Please talk to someone. It can get better, and together we can survive. We are what we overcome. And this poor little boy, grounded by the sun, paler by his side for some big